Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. A wise king and father named Solomon spoke these words to his son. The heart is the human control center. It determines the course of our lives, the choices we make, and the exercise of our free will. The problem is the human heart is a tributary of trouble. We are wild at heart. Jeremiah the prophet warned, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? What springs flow from your heart? Remain wise and alert to your heart's evil tendencies and with great vigilance, guard it from going rogue. I'm Ron Jones, something good starts right now. Would you like to grow in the wisdom of God? Let's get to the heart of the matter on today's edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Well, the book of Proverbs is designed to help believers in Christ grow in knowledge and wisdom, and then to take that wisdom and pass it down to the next generation. That's what Solomon did for his son. And that's where we're headed next as Ron continues his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Stay with us or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now from Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor. Here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, a father's advice to his son. Well, nobody likes a wise guy, much less somebody who begins a conversation this way. When I was your age, you ever heard that? Maybe within the four walls of your own home when dad starts his uh, bloviating stories about how hard it was when he was a boy and when I was your age, it rarely inspires the children or the grandchildren. It usually generates a rolling of the eyes back into the head. But maybe you've been there when dad says something like this, when I was your age, I walked 25 miles to school in a blizzard, uphill, both ways, with my sibling on my back, and we attended a one-room schoolhouse where I got straight A's. And then afterwards, after school, we went to the textile mill, and I worked until the wee hours of the morning for 35 cents an hour, and you're complaining about what? Some of you have had that conversation in your home. Some of you have seen the eyes rolling back into the head. I read a story this week about a young man who loved to play golf, and it was nearing the end of his day, and he says, man, I can get to the golf course and get a few holes in, and so he rushed over there and uh, rushed out to the tee, and just as he was about to tee off, this elderly man shuffled onto the tee and says, can I play with you? And the guy was thinking to himself, oh, uh, he's going to slow me down, but the gentlemanly thing to do in golf, as you know, is to let somebody play along with you. So he did. So they, they played three or four holes together, and the young man was really quite impressed with the old man's game. He didn't hit the ball that far, but he was, he was straight down the middle. He was consistent. He didn't waste any time, and they were playing right along, and they made their way to the ninth fairway. And there they are in the ninth fairway, and this young man had a, had a difficult shot. Between himself and his ball and the green was this tall tree. 
And he's sitting here trying to figure out what he's going to do. Is he going to chip out into the fairway? Is he going to go for it and knock it over that tree? And that's when the old man said to the young man, when I was your age, I hit the ball right over that tree. Well, the young man took it as a challenge. He pulled out his club, teed it up, whacked that ball as hard as he could, hit the tree, and the ball fell right down in front of him. He was mad as a hornet. He took his club and winged it into the next fairway. And that's when the old man said, of course, when I was your age, that tree was about three feet tall. <laughs> Nobody likes a wise guy, especially on the golf course, right? But that story reminds me of Proverbs chapter 4, where Solomon kind of begins the conversation with, when I was your age... Look at it beginning in verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Now here it comes. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me. Now let's stop right there. You see what's happening here in Proverbs chapter 4? Don't miss it. There's a generational transfer of wisdom. And Solomon is not lecturing his son with a, well, when I was your age, you know, that kind of thing. No, Solomon is remembering the time when his wise father, King David, sat down with him and taught him a few things. And Solomon is remembering that. He received it from his wise father. Now this wise King Solomon is passing it on to his children. And we have in the Bible, in the Old Testament, uh, the words that King David said to his son Solomon. I think it's worth going back there. They're found in 1 Chronicles 28 and 29, also in 1 Kings chapters, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Listen to this. It says, when David's time drew near to die, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in His ways and keeping His statutes, His commandments, His rules, and His testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. David was a wise king, a man after God's own heart. Not a perfect man, we know that about David, but he was a wise king, and he understood that he had a responsibility as all parents and grandparents do in that generational transfer of godly wisdom. King David was intentional about sitting down with his son, Solomon, and saying, Solomon, walk with God, run after him, chase after him, pursue him. And now Solomon is sitting with his sons, and he's saying, when I was your age, my father did what I'm trying to do with you, is to download some divine guidance into your everyday life. You know, parents and grandparents, it's, it's our responsibility to do that. And if we fail in that responsibility, if we fail in that generational transfer of godly wisdom, well, the stakes are high. There's no guarantee that the next generation will be here to fill this church. Do you know that? No, no guarantee at all unless we do our job in transferring godly wisdom and the gospel and the church of Jesus Christ to that next generation. 
The stakes are high even in our culture. And if you think I'm overstating the case, listen to the words of Dr. Albert Siegel. His words were published in the Stanford Observer many years ago. I have no reason to believe this man is not a follower of Jesus, but I have no reason to believe that he is. He speaks more like a sociologist, but he says, when it comes to rearing children, every society is only 20 years away from barbarism. 20 years is all we have to accomplish the task of civilizing the infants who are born into our midst every year. These savages know nothing of our language, our culture, our religion, our values, our customs of interpersonal relations. The infant is totally ignorant about communism, fascism, democracy, civil liberties, the rights of the minority as contrasted with the prerogatives of the majority, respect, decency, honesty, customs, conventions, and manners. The barbarism must, he says, be tamed if civilization is to survive. Now, what the sociologist understands to be true, oh, the the, the biblical theologian needs to understand as well. Unless we transfer biblical truth, unless we transfer the gospel to the next generation, as Solomon is doing with his sons in the small sphere of influence he has in his own home, unless that happens, the barbarians will take over in the next generation. Now, if you go with me real quickly uh, before we get to Proverbs to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, years before Solomon did this, and certainly years before Dr. Siegel made his observations, Moses was standing with a generation of Israelites who had traveled and wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. Some of them were going to die in the wilderness. Others, the next generation, were going into the promised land. So he's on this side of the Jordan River. And the book of Deuteronomy is a series of speeches that Moses gives to that crowd of people. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And then he says to that generation of parents and grandparents, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, Moses tells us how to tame the barbarians. And I love the way he says it. He, he, he doesn't say, you know, get one of those uh, podiums and dad set it up in the middle of the house and have lecture time to your kids. Now that doesn't work. You'll get the eyes rolling back into the head if you start the, when I was your age, kind of lecture at the dinner table or in the family den. But I love how Solomon, or rather Moses, paints a picture of how parents transfer this generational wisdom from one generation to the next in the normal course of everyday life. He says, when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. In other words, look for those teachable moments. Look for those teachable moments when you're picking your kids up from the soccer practice or from school or from the all-nighter. Uh, look for those teachable moments when you just have 10 minutes with them in the kitchen or, or uh, a, a little thing that you're doing in the afternoon. 
Oh, there are times to sit down as a family and to have family discussions and open up the pages of God's Word, perhaps in a more formal way, but what Moses paints the picture of here is, is kind of exactly what Solomon is doing is in the normal course of life, just pass on the godly wisdom. It takes patience. It takes a little sense of timing to do that. I've not always been good at it. Once in a while, once in a while, I... Uh, I hit the bullseye. I was having a conversation with my son recently who's a freshman in college, and something he said made me squirm just a little bit. It wasn't a big thing, but I, I resisted the moment as we were FaceTiming of correcting him at that moment. And a couple of days later, when we were on another FaceTime call, in the natural course of that conversation, I was able to kind of direct it back to a couple of days ago and make the point that I wanted to make at a time when his heart was more open to receive it. You know what I'm talking about, parents? Okay, I don't always get it right. Believe me, this is, this is the only story I could really tell, all right? <laughs> but but it, it reminded me, because he, he, he welcomed what I had to say. It reminded me of the patience and the timing that sometimes it takes as parents and grandparents to get around to what you want to say, to say it in the right way at the right time. I think that's what Moses is describing here, and it's what Solomon is uh, attempting to model for us. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, A Father's Advice to His Son. If you're new to the program, we want you to know that all of Ron's messages are archived at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, use the Partner tab right at the top of the homepage and check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can share these internet and radio broadcasts the whole year through. Join the 828 Club from our website or call us at 757-276-1099. That's 757-276-1099. If you want to gain wisdom, You've got to pursue it with passion. With the rest of today's Something Good radio message, a father's advice to his son, here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. So in a very simple way, I want to talk about a father's advice to his children, because that's kind of what Solomon does here. Could equally be a mother's advice or a parent's advice to their kids. But in the context here, Solomon is gathered with his sons. And he is thinking about perhaps training the next generation of kings, and he has some wise counsel he wants to give them. Simple things, like number one, pursue wisdom, he says. Verse four, my father taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live them. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. These words sound reminiscent of the way Solomon starts in Proverbs chapter 1, talking about how wisdom is to be uh, something that is pursued as the first priority in your life, and when you do, she, she will reward you handsomely in life. 
uh, Solomon talks about pursuing wisdom. That is, if you want to live a life uh, skillfully and in keeping with God's wisdom, then you're going to have to get after it. It doesn't happen automatically. You're going to have to pursue it as a first priority. You're going to have to chase after what matters and chase after what lasts. And when it gets tough, you're going to have to never give up. This is a lifelong pursuit. You're going to have to read, study the Word of God. You're going to have to meditate upon it. You're going to have to commit portions of it to memory. Uh, This idea of pursuing wisdom is a daily process of chasing after God and choosing the right path. And Solomon didn't soft pedal it. It's hard to see the passion in the printed text, but read it again and feel Solomon's passion when he says to his kids, get wisdom, and whatever you get in this life, get wisdom. Get after it. Chase after what matters. Chase after what lasts. Pursue God as passionately as he is pursuing you. And when you do, when you make it a first priority in your life, it will reward you handsomely. He says, she will exalt you, she will honor you if you embrace her. Kind of reminds me of what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Jesus never soft-pedaled anything. The high, high cost of discipleship, Jesus laid it out there. Oh, yeah, he, he paid it all. Your salvation is free of charge. But if you want to be a man or a woman of godly wisdom, you're going to have to get after it. You're going to have to make it a first priority, this pursuit. So many other pursuits in life will distract you, maybe discourage you from it, but you're going to have to make this a first priority. To say it another way, your one holy ambition Solomon says, prize her highly. Do you have a holy ambition to be more like Jesus Christ? A holy ambition to get after it and to chase after God as much as he's chasing after you? I hope you do. Solomon says, pursue wisdom. Secondly, he says, watch your step. As simple as it sounds, watch your step. Let's pick it up in verse 10. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instructions. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it and do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about how we walk. I think of 1 John chapter 1 where it says to believers, walk in the light as he is in the light. If we walk in darkness long enough, our eyes will adjust to it over time. It won't be long before we think we're walking in the light. God wants to keep you from that dangerous place by sharing with you the bright light of His wisdom. So, if you're struggling today, if you see darkness and shadows approaching, lose them in the light. 
All of Dr. Ranjan's messages can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones called Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Look for Something Good courses at the top of the homepage when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of Scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. 
That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. We're living in those lukewarm times and we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get after it to passionately pursue God and to love Him, to not be cold, but to be hot, to not be indifferent toward Him and sort of ho-hum in our relationship with Him, not to have one foot in and one foot out. But if anyone wants to follow after me, Jesus says, Deny yourself. Don't indulge yourself like the culture says. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. It's not going to be easy. And pursue me. Follow after me. And along the way, you're going to have to guard your heart. Because again, that heart is like a garden that tends toward weeds and all kinds of stuff that will choke the beautiful flowers. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, A Father's Advice to His Son. Join us then for Something Good for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.